Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Mike. I'm the children and youth pastor here, so it's about to get pretty crazy in here. Who's excited? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, incidentally, if I fall asleep while I'm preaching, please don't wake me. I need all the sleep I can get. Okay? Just joking. I wanted to start with something that you've never heard the preacher say. The preacher falls asleep while he's preaching. Don't wake, <laughs> don't wake him up. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 30 is where we're going to go. I believe God's got a good word for us. I hope you've come ready to receive it and aren't searching for the doors when you hear that the youth pastor is preaching because I assure you I have locked them. <laughs> Those are just a few to see who's coming with me here today. Just a few lob balls to see who's coming with me. 1 Samuel chapter 30, when I hear the pages stop ruffling, I will begin reading. I'm reading from the original Hebrew, so if the names, if I stumble across the names, don't worry. And again, I'm joking, I'm not reading the Hebrew. I'm not that smart. I am not that smart. 1 Samuel 30, verse number 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Verse 3, so David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 5, then David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David, verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I believe God's got a powerful word. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this place where we gather to lift your name high. I pray that you'd be glorified in this time. I pray you soften and quicken our hearts to receive your word, that we would leave this place changed and renewed and ready. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first thing I want to say today is that discouragement destroys hope. Discouragement destroys hope. I believe David and his men came back to Ziklag, found the situation not as they expected, and they were discouraged. When what we experience doesn't match what we expected, discouragement sets in. I believe discouragement is universal. Everybody gets it. It's contagious. You can give it to somebody else, and it's reoccurring. It'll happen again. Similar to the reoccurring dream I have of my teeth falling out. <laughs> Literally. I think that it's real, so I wake up and I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to hit that for you. Now you're awake. Yes. I feel for my teeth, and I, oh, I can go have breakfast. They're there. Discouragement destroys hope. David and his men were in Ziklag. Why were they in Ziklag? Because they had been running from Saul for over 10 years now. What they expected was that they were following the king. Why would they expect that? Because Samuel anointed David as king. But they had to go through some stuff before David could become king. 
They had to get rid of all of their own strength so that their strength would be found in God. David was someone who had very much potential on his own strength. He was strong. He was very successful in his own strength. But there came a moment when he needed to recognize he needed God's strength or he wasn't going to win. He wasn't going to find victory. And I believe discouragement keeps us from moving forward. There's a very real enemy of the church and of our souls, and his mission is destruction, and he leads with distraction. There's a very real enemy of our church and our soul. His mission is destruction. He came to steal, kill, and destroy, and he leads with distraction because if he can get you distracted, your eyes off of God and on your situation, then he can get you discouraged. And if he can get you stuck discouraged, he can stop all forward movement because discouragement is backward-facing. Hope, on the other hand, is forward. Can't hope backwards. If he can get you distracted, he can get you discouraged. If he can get you discouraged, all forward movement stops. If he can get the church distracted off of God on our situation, he can get us discouraged. If we get stuck discouraged, we can't keep moving forward. It's like the, um, there's a monkey, a ring-tailed monkey it's called, I guess, where the hunters were trying to catch it and capture it, but they were very, very unsuccessful at doing that because the monkey was too fast. And so the hunters decided the best way for us to capture this certain monkey was to distract it with something that it liked. And these monkeys liked melon seeds, so the hunters would hang melons, put a little slit in the melon, so that the monkeys, when they came and got distracted by the seed, would put their hands in, grab hold of the seed, and then not let go. And they'd just be hanging there till the hunters got them. They were distracted by the seed, grabbed. All they needed to do was let go of that with, with which distracted them, and they'd find freedom. But they would be too focused on that seed that they wouldn't let go. And they'd just be stuck, hanging, until someone, the hunters came and captured them. And I believe that sometimes our, the things that, with which we are distracted get us stuck. And we stay stuck because we refuse to let go of that with which we are distracted. Okay, because when we get discouraged, we get all forward movement stops. The enemy seeks for destruction, leads with distraction, because if he can get you distracted, he can get you discouraged. And I'm coming here today to say that God's got better plans than that. And David, of all of his men, if you remember in 1 Samuel 30, they had no more strength left to weep. They had all given up. They turned their attention off of God, who was leading them, who was guiding them, who was directing them. Even through tough stuff, he was leading them. They took their attention off God, onto their situation. And when their attention became on their situation, they gave up all hope. But not David. But not David. David was a warrior, a fighter. Yeah, he did some poetry. He was musically inclined, like Johann Sebastian Bach. That's the greatest, that's a great name for music, by the way, Johann Sebastian Bach. Anyway, David was a fighter. He also happened to be the youngest brother of seven brothers, and I speak from personal experience that the youngest brothers are the strongest brothers. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> Can I get an amen for that one? The youngest brothers are tough, scrappy. They don't give up. They don't give in. And David was tough, scrappy, did not give up, did not give in. And when discouragement hit, he knew where to find his encouragement. Verse 6. David, the end of verse 6, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. King James says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So David knew how to fight back. 
when situations got tough. When everybody was given up on him, David was not given up. Somebody here today, your situation has got real tough. Maybe people around you are given up. But be the person that says, not me, not today. I got God's on my side. He's going before me. And David, what he did was he, he raised his encouragement, raised his hope in the Lord. So the first thing he did when the discouragement hit, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And the first step to strengthen yourself in the Lord is being still and waiting on him. David, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I'm God. David got the hang of it. He was still. He waited. Now, I know be still and know that I'm God is on everyone's coffee mugs and pens, books. We have one, a plaque hanging in our house. I'm not going to lie. It's a very popular verse, but we need to begin to apply that when discouragement hits, to be still and wait for God. David was still. He knew that this situation needed more than his own strength. Some of us just need to know that the situation we're facing needs more than our own strength. It needs God's strength to be victorious. And the first step to getting there is to waiting on the Lord. Sometimes we run too fast without waiting for the Lord. Sometimes we get after things without waiting for the Lord. David, he knew to be still before God because he knew that he was not going to win in this situation without the strength of the Lord. The Bible is chock full of examples of people who needed the strength of the Lord to face their situation, and we are no different today. We need the strength of the Lord to face our situation. Moses, he had a speech impediment. He murdered someone. He was angry. He needed God's strength to get through the situation he was called to, the mission that he was called to. Josiah, the Bible tells us, was eight years old when he became king. I've worked with many eight-year-olds, and none of them are ready to become king, period. <laughs> Unless it's the king of making loud noises with their armpits, which I know many eight-year-olds that could be the king of that. I was the king of that. <laughs> Josiah, he needed God's strength to get through his situation, because without God's strength, he would have been an eight-year-old making noises with his armpit. He needed God's strength. Isaiah had to preach naked. I'll leave that one. Lazarus <laughs> was dead. He wasn't going to get through that one. You think you're going through something. Lazarus was dead. And when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick and dying, he waited more days before he came over and got him. You think you're going through something. Lazarus was dead. Mark, and the Bible tells us that Mark, when Jesus was being um, taken, Mark was there in a robe or even a towel. What was he doing showing up? where Jesus was being taken in just a robe with nothing on because it says that when they took Jesus, someone grabbed him and he left, his, he left his robe and ran away naked. What was he doing? I don't know. I can't answer that. But he was in need of God's strength because God used him later. And God can use all of us, but he, we need to recognize that we need his strength to go and get it. Here's a, here's a quick thing. If you feel ill-prepared for what God has called you to do, you're in a good place. If you feel ill-prepared to do what God has for you, you're in a good place. Because the Bible's full of people that were not prepared for what they had to do, but they had to do it with the strength that God provides. Because we can't get anything done in our own strength. But what we can do is give the appearance that we're getting stuff done in our own strength. Did you hear that? We can't get stuff done in our own strength, but we can give the appearance that we're getting stuff done. We need God's strength to face the day. David when the worst of the worst hit, encouraged himself in the Lord, waited upon the Lord. 
and he waited for a word from the Lord. Some of us have walked in here discouraged, beaten down, ready to give up, ready to give in. But my encouragement is let's not. Let's keep going. Here's what David did. He, he got encouraged first. Then he waited till he heard from the Lord. Look at verse number 8. David waiting until he heard from the Lord. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. David waited till he heard the word from the Lord, and the Lord said, Pursue. It's time to pursue. Don't give up now. It's time to pursue. There's an um, old story about some quail that uh, someone had, and they were selling quail. They're birds that just fly around. So he brought them to the market, and he took a stick in the ground. He tied a string to each of the quail's foot or whatever they have. They tied it, and they would walk in a circle. And the guy would sell his quail day after day in the market and say, I got some quail. Fresh quail right here. Who wants some quail? Who wants the quail? They'd stick it in the ground, and they'd walk around. Stick it in the ground and walk around every single day until someone came and purchased the quail, finally. He bought the quail, got a good deal for him, and he bent down and he cut the string right there, right then and there, and the quail flew away. And would you believe 20 feet later, 20 feet later, they landed. And guess what they did? Silently, guess what they did? Good job, you guys are doing great. They landed and they went in a circle, freed, but still going in a circle, freed from the stick that they had been around, but still going in a circle. They did not recognize that they were free to go. And I believe in a very real way today, God wants us to, to recognize that we're freed from certain situations that we face. We are freed from the situation to pursue God's mission. Freed from that which holds you back to pursue after that which, with which God wants to do. We are free. Let's go pursue. It's time to pursue. Verse 8 says again, David asks, shall I pursue? God says, pursue. I love the King James. It says, pursue, and then there's a colon. Like, pursue. Pursue. Someone here needs to, needs to know you are not a failure. It's time to pursue. You might have given up. It's time to pursue. Don't give up. Pursue. Keep going. Pursue. One word. If I give you one word for today, can you guess what it is? Pursue. Thank you. Thank you. Pursue. God says you're not a failure. Some of us have walked in feeling down and dejected because we've been thinking that we failed. It's okay to fail. Just because you fail temporarily, you're not a permanent failure. Pursue. No weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Pursue. There's victory in the name of Jesus. Pursue. Don't give up now. Pursue. Your time is now. Pursue. You're closer than you think to victory. Pursue. Someone, I believe someone needs to be freed with that very word. You're closer than you think to victory. Pursue. It's time. Pursue. God's got better things than you could ever imagine, but you can't possess them if you're unwilling to pursue them. Pursue. David, David, he wasn't to be messed with. He found his strength and his encouragement in, in God. He waited 
to hear a word from the Lord, and then he did what the Lord told him to do, which was pursue. You guys are, you guys are good. I don't even need to whip out the Hebrew Bible. You guys know, pursue. You will not fail. I believe it's time to raise our expectations of what God can do and begin to pursue his mission fully, freed from that which holds us. That's why the Bible tells us to lay aside everything that easily entangles us and pursue Christ. Pursue. It's like the um, hymn that says, Ponder anew what the Almighty can do. I believe a very real way it's that time now. Believe again. Pursue. Trust again. Pursue. God's not done. Pursue. David needed the hope from the Lord to get going after what he was called to. Every single one of us needs an increase of hope to get after what God calls us to. A little bit of hope increased. Anything's possible. Believe it. Now, not only did he hear from the Lord, he did what the Lord told him to do. Let's go to verse number 10. I know I said 1 to 8, but we're going to 10. Hope you're all right with that. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 stayed behind. Now David had 600 men with him. If he was feeling confident at all in just his 600 against what he was going against, he now had to go with 200 less. Because 200 less, 200 of them had gotten too tired to keep going. So with 400 men, just a few verses earlier, all their hope was gone. Now, a few verses later, after they got their hope increased, after they got encouragement from the Lord, they were ready to pursue with less. God can do more with less because of his power and strength. What David and his men did, they went and took back what was taken from them. I believe in a very real way here, some of us, it's time to go ahead and take back what was taken from us. Maybe years ago, you stopped dreaming. It's time to dream again and pursue. Maybe years ago, you gave up. It's time to get back up. It's time to keep going because your situation isn't bigger than the God of your situation. It's time. David encouraged himself, heard a word from the Lord, then went and did what the Lord told him to do, and he went and took back what was taken from him for God's glory. Now, a very real um, thing happened when those 400 men went and did what they did. They began to take the credit for themselves. And we see this in the Bible, and I believe that when we take credit for what God does, it's most often seen in our comparisons with one another. And God doesn't want us to compare with one another. God doesn't want us to do that because when we do that, we're either discouraged or proud, and neither is from the Lord. What David's men did, the 400 who went and were successful, they began to compare themselves to the 200 that couldn't go on. There's nothing wrong if you can't go on. They needed to get their rest up. They needed to get their hope up so that they could keep going. Some of us in here need to get a rest up, get our hopes up so we can keep going. The 400 men, look at verse 22 with me. Verse 22, stay with me. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil. They began to think that what they did was in their own hands. And when we begin to think what we do is in our own hands, no one will listen to us. Look what David says in verse 24. The men started to think that what they did was in their own hands. Verse 24, David said, For who will heed you in this matter? Or who will listen to you? 
because no one will listen to us when we start taking credit for what God does. God's about to do great things, but we need to be careful to give him the glory that he deserves because he is, he exceeds our expectations, and when we take credit for ourselves, no one listens. Still with me? No one listens. David, David knew a few things. Knew where to get his hopes up. Knew when he heard a word from the Lord that he was free to pursue that word. He was free to go get after it. He knew that with God on his side and with his hope increased, he could face every single situation he faced. Now, I believe David was also strong in himself, so it took him time to get rid of his own strength and focus on the strength that's in Christ. Some of you are right in the middle of a battle where you are just needing to get rid of your own strength because you cannot do it in your own strength. You cannot do it in your own strength. You need God's strength. Now, my brother used to tell a story. We used to work at camps together. We had to do camper devotions and all that good stuff. So he used to tell a story to the campers, and I was always amazed and uh, questioning whether it was a true story or not. So it might not be a true story, but he told it anyway. So here, I'm going to share it to you. He said, when he was younger, all he desired was a sandbox. Anybody ever have a sandbox? One, I see that hand. Thank you. Two, yeah, yeah, hallelujah, praise. Uh, All he wanted was a sandbox. So when um, he would bug my parents day after day saying, can I get a sandbox, please? Can I get a sandbox, please? Can I get a sandbox, please? And eventually they gave in and said, if you do well in school, you do your chores, you stop trying to beat up your younger brother because that's not going to work, hasn't worked out for you yet, won't work out for you again. Youngest brothers are the strongest brothers. That's another point. Um, so he, he did that, and my dad said, okay, son, you've earned it. Here's your sandbox. So my brother was all hyped. He was on another level of excitement, what I like to refer to as hype level nine. And the sandbox came, just the sandbox, no sand. <laughs> there you go, buddy. So the sandbox came, and he was like, oh, this is great. Thank you for the sandbox. Where's the sand? And they said, oh, well, you have to wait a couple more days. You have to keep doing good, keep doing your schoolwork, keep doing your chores, keep not trying to beat up your brother. Incidentally, I'm really not stronger than my brothers. I'll have to say that. Or I used to not be stronger. (laughs) So at the sandbox, he said, a couple more days, you'll get your sand. So he, he did all his work for two more days, and the sand came. Lo and behold, the sand came. My brother was so excited, hype level nine. He came over and... In the sand, yeah, there was sand, but there was also rocks. So he's like, oh, this is great. Thank you for my rock box. So he, he said, oh, man, I had to get into that sandbox and start chucking rocks out of the box. Boom, chuck it out. Boom, chuck it out. Pick it up, chuck it out. Pick it up, chuck it out. Catch it, pick it up, chuck it out. Until one day, he's about this yay high, and he came up uh, to a, a rock that was huge, too big for a seven-year-old. But that didn't stop him from trying to push, 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 yank it, pull it, tried to lift it up, got red in the face, started sweating, kept pushing, and it wasn't budging at all. He didn't give up, though. He kept trying. I mean, the rock was too big for a little seven-year-old, so he pushed it, yanked it, and pulled it with all of his might every single day and didn't budge it at all. So one day when he was done, and this... I've said day like six times, so you think that it's like a a week-long experience, so hopefully it was. He was 
pushing and yanking and pulling it, and he peeked up at the window of our house where the kitchen was, and he saw our dad looking down. He said, uh-oh, this can't be right. There is no way he's looking down at me while I'm pushing and yanking and pulling on this rock. There better not be a way that he's looking down at me while I'm pushing and yanking and pulling. So he, with one eye up to the kitchen, he just pushed it, pushed it. He is looking down at me. He got upset. So he said, okay, I'll test this out. Next day I come back, I'm going to check and see if he's looking down at me. We're going to have some words. So he went down to the sandbox, pushing it, yanking it, and pulling that big rock, peeked up to the window, and yep, dad was looking down at him. So he said, yeah, he is looking down at me. I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go and confront him. I'm sure that's what he says as a seven-year-old. I'm going to go and confront him. I'm going to get him. So he went up to my dad and said, dad, hey, you see me down there pushing, yanking, and pulling this rock, and we go, you can't tell me what, you can't even help me. And I'm sure that's, that had to be what it sounded like, and he's saying to dad, you could have taken that rock with one hand. You know I was struggling. You saw me sweating. I had to shower every day after I got done sweating. You saw me doing that. Why didn't you come down and help me? Because I know you're big enough just to take that one rock and just lob it out of there. And dad, he said, dad looked at him and said, hey, yeah, I did see you. I did see you pulling and yanking and pushing. But I needed you to recognize I was right here with you, I need you to come and ask me for help. Oh, is it that easy? Dad, can you please come down here and help me move this rock out? It's too big for me. Okay. That's a great imitation of my brother's voice. So dad said, okay, I'm coming down. And he took the rock and he yanked it out. That's what the story was. And I believe that there are some of us in this place in a very real way today that are pushing and yanking and pulling on something a situation that's too difficult for you. You're trying it in all of your might. You're sweating. You're struggling. And God says in a very real way, he's very close to you in that situation. And you're not going to be successful unless you turn to the Lord. That situation that you came in here with that's too difficult for you, you thought it was too difficult for you, and you thought right because it is too difficult for you. It, you need the Lord's strength, just like David did. David encouraged himself in the Lord, waited till he heard a word from the Lord, then he did what the Lord said to do, then he gave God the glory because he knew that he, God did it. And when you face your situation in your strength, you can't get through it, but when God is with you, you can face it all. And when he does come through for you, because he's very close to you and you're closer than you think to victory, when he does come through for you, it's important that we give God the glory that he deserves. Now, back to that one word. I think it's very important for us to get excited, get our hopes up, get our expectancy level high for what God's about to do in this place, and to pursue. David, he could never get after what God told him to get after unless he was willing to pursue it. I believe there's many people in here who have gifts and who have heard from the Lord that he wants you to do something. Let today be the day where you say, okay, I'm going to pursue. I'm not going to be scared of failing this time. I'm going to pursue it, and I'm going to find the victory. Because guess what? After Ziklag, after Ziklag, where David and his men 
had to go through some discouragement, had to go through their homes being attacked and their wives and children taken. After Ziklag came the victory. And some of you have been in Ziklag for a long time. Not literally Ziklag. You've been there. You're discouraged. You're beaten down. You need to get your hopes up in the Lord and recognize that victory is ours in Christ and it's closer than you think. In fact, it's maybe for some of us, it's right when we keep pushing on this thing with God's strength, we'll find the victory. You're closer than you think to victory. Because discouragement, discouraging circumstances hit everybody, like I said at the beginning. We get distracted. We get our attention off of God and onto our situation. And God wants us to say, hey, take some time and be still. Don't get in a panic. The thing that's too big for you now is going to still be too big for you if, you if you don't take time to wait and listen for me. You can go ahead and go at it with all of your own strength, or you can wait and be still. Some of the, one of the best words for us is sometimes just to wait. Just to wait. Because God is still in control. He'll always be in control, and he's all-powerful. And your situation, that's huge. Our situation, together with God, will do what we never could do alone. It's time to raise our expectations of what God can do and then pursue it with his strength. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do. And let me just end with this one. If we let our insecurities and our... uh, perceived insufficiencies to drive us away from tough and uncomfortable circumstances, we will never grow. If we run away from the tough stuff, we're never going to find growth. We're never going to take back what was taken from us because it gets difficult, but God is on our side. And if we act and do like David did, we'll get our strength up. We'll get our hope up. We'll face every single circumstance. Because we know that there's nothing we can face that God can't get us through. So maybe today your word is just to get your hopes up, get your expectancy up. God began a good work at this church. He's going to carry it through to completion. He began a good work in you. He's going to carry it through to completion. But like David, he had to go through some stuff to get the victory. We have to go through some stuff to get the victory, but the victory is ours through Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that's in your word. Thank you for the examples of scripture that can propel us forward. I pray for each of us that we would get our hopes up. We would find our strength in you. And we would pursue after the things that you desire for us to pursue after. Help us not to get the order twisted and start pursuing before we wait. But God, give us confidence that we will not fail and we can pursue. God, give us hopes to dream again that we can pursue. Give us the faith that you're not going to give up on us so that we can pursue. And God, we pray that you would exceed our expectations and that we would pursue. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Increase our hope in your name. Amen.